Lonesome Like. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lonesome Like, a play in one act by Harold Brighouse. Lonesome Like was first produced at Glasgow in 1911. Characters Sarah Ormrod, Emma Briley, Sam Horrocks, the Reverend Frank Alane. The scene is laid in a Lancashire village. The scene represents the interior of a cottage in a Lancashire village. Through the window at the back, the grey row of cottages opposite is just visible. The outside door is next to the window, door left. As regards furniture, the room is very bare. The suggestion is not of an empty room, but a stripped room. For example, there are several square patches where the distemper of the walls is of a darker shade than the rest, indicating the places once occupied by pictures. There is an uncovered deal table and two chairs by it, near the fireplace right. Attached to the left wall is a dresser, and a plate rack above it containing a few pots. The dresser also has one or two utensils upon it. A blackened kettle rests on the top of the cooking range, but the room contains only the barest necessities. The floor is uncarpeted. There are no window curtains, but a yard of cheap muslin is fastened across the window, not coming, however, high enough to prevent a passer-by from looking in, should he wish to do so. On the floor near the fire is a battered black tin trunk, the lid of which is raised. On a peg behind the door left is a black silk shirt and bodice, and an old-fashioned beaded bonnet. The time is afternoon. As the curtain rises, the room is empty. Immediately, however, the door left opens, and Sarah Ormrod, an old woman, enters carrying clumsily in her arms a couple of pink flannelette night-dresses, folded neatly. Her black-stuffed dress is well-worn, and her wedding-ring is her only ornament. She wears elastic-sided boots, and her rather short skirt shows a pair of grey worsted stockings. A small plaid shawl covers her shoulders. Sarah crosses and puts the night-dresses on the table, surveying the trunk ruefully. She looks up. Who's there? It's me, Mrs. Ormrod, Emma Briley. Eh, come in, Emma lass. Enter Emma Briley. She is a young weaver, and having just left her work, she wears a dark skirt, a blouse of some indeterminate blue-grey shade made of cotton, and a large shawl over her head and shoulders, in place of a jacket and hat. A coloured cotton apron covers her skirt below the waist, and the short skirt displays stout stockings, similar to Sarah's. She wears clogs, and the clothes, except the shawl, are covered with ends of cotton and cotton-wool fluff. Even her hair has not escaped. A pair of scissors hangs by a cord from her waist. "'That's kindly welcome. It's good of thee to think o' coming to see an old woman like me. Nought of the sort, Mrs. Ormrod. The mill's just loosed, and I thought I'd step in as I were passing, and see how thou was feeling like. Oh, nicely, nicely, thank ye. It's only me hands as is gone paralytic, thou knows, and a weaver's no manner o' good to nobody without the use of her hands. I'm all right in myself. That's worst of it. Well, while I'm here, Mrs. Ormrod, is there nought I can do for thee? I don't know as there is. Thank ye, Emma. Emma, taking her shawl off, looking round and hanging it on a peg in the door. Well, 
I knows better. What wert doin' when I come in? Packin' yon box? Aye, tha sees, theres a two three things as I canna bear thout a partin' from. I don't really know if he'll let me tack em into work us wi' me, but I canna have em so we rest o' stuff. Emma crosses below Sarah to box and kneels. Let me help you. Tha's a good lass, Emma. I tack it kindly of thee. They do we packin' a bit closer. I dunno as they carry safe that road. I know. It's me hands, tha sees, as makes it difficult for me. Sarah sits on chair left centre. Aye. I'll soon settle em a bit tighter. Emma lifts all out, burying her arms in the box and rearranging its contents. But what's happened to thy looms, lass? They'll not weave by themselves while thee's here, thou knows. Emma, looking round. Eh, looms is all right. Factory's stopped. It's Saturday afternoon. So it is. I'd clean forgot. I do forget time of the week sitting here day after day we know to do. So that's all right. There's no need to worry about me. Thou's got trouble enough of thy own. Emma resuming at the box. Aye, that right there, lass. There's none on us likes to think of going to work us when we're old. Happen it'll be all right after all. Parson's coming to see thee. Aye, I know he is. I dunno, but I'm in hopes he'll do summat for me. Thou can't never tell what them folks can do. Emma kneeling up. Thou keep thy pecker up, Mrs. Ormrod. That's what my mother says to me when I told her I were coming into thee. Keep her pecker up, she says. It's not as if she'd been lazy or a wastrel, she says. Sal Ormrod's been a hard worker in her day, she says. It's not as if it were thy fault. Thou can't help thy hands going paralytic. She continues rummaging in the trunk while speaking. No, it's not my fault. God knows I'm game enough for work. Old as I am, I always knowed as I'd have to work for me living all the days of me life. I never was a saving sort. There's nowt against thee for that. There's some as can be careful of thee brass, and some as can't. It's not a virtue, it's a gift. That's what my mother always says. Emma resumes packing. She's right and all. We never had the gift of saving my man and me. And when Tom Ormrod took and died, the club money as I drew out all went on his funeral and his gravestone. I warn't going to have it said as he warn't buried proper. It were a beautiful funeral, Mrs. Ormrod. Aye, I will say that beautiful it were. I never seen a better, and I goes to all as I can. I dotes on buryings. Are these the next? Emma crosses centre before table for night dresses, takes the night dresses and resumes packing. Aye. Emma puts them in and rests on her knees, listening to Sarah's next speech. I've been a house-proud woman all my life, Emma, and I've took pride in having my bits of sticks as good as another's. Even the manager's missus up to factory house there. She never had a better show of furniture nor me, though I says it as shouldn't. And it tax brass to keep a decent house over your head. And we always had our full week's holiday in at Blackpool, regular at wake's time. Us didn't have no children of our own to spend it on, and us spent it on ourselves. I always had plenty of good food in the house, and never stinted nobody. And Tom, he liked his beer and his baccy. He were a pigeon fancier too in his day, were my Tom, and pigeon fancying runs away wi a mint o' money. No, somehow, there never was no brass to put i' the bank. 
who was allis spent up come wages neat i know mrs ormrod maybe i'm young but i know how tis we works cruel hard i the mill and when us plays us plays as hard too and small blame to us either it's our own we spendin ay it's a hard life the factory hands i can mind me many and many's the time when the warning bell went o the factory lodge at half past five of a winter's morning as i've craved for another half hour in me bed but tom he got me up and we was never after six passing through factory gates all the years we were wed there's not many as can say they were never late work or clem that were what tom always told me the old bell was saying and he were reet emma work or clem is god's truth emma's head in box and now the time's come when i can't work no more but parson's a good man he'll mak it all reet emma's head appears eh it were good o thee to come in lass a bit o company do mak a world o difference i'm twice as cheerful as i were i'm glad to hear thee say so mrs ormrod rises from the box is there aught else i were thinking i'd like to tack me black silk as i've worn on sundays this many a year but i canna think it's reet thing for work us oh thee tack it mrs ormrod i'd dearly love to thou says i'm noan in debt nor but what chairs and table'll pay for and i don't like thou to leaving out as i'm greatly fond of you don't mrs ormrod thee tack it where is it i'll put un in there's lots o' room on top i'll see un's non crushed it's hanging there behind door emma crosses back to door gets clothes i got un out to show parson i thought i'd ask un if it were proper to tack it if i've to go me best bonnet's with it and all emma goes below table takes the frock and bonnet folds it on the table and packs it i'll put un in and bein a lot o' trouble to thee lass that's nowt neighbours mun be neighbourly emma gets bonnet from table and packs it sarah looking round place don't look much and that's a fact furniture's been goin bit by bit in the rate much left to part we now never mind it'll be all reet now parson's tackin thee up i'm hopin so i never could abide the thout of the workus me and has been an hard workin woman i couldn't fancy sleepin in a strange bed with strange folk round me and when the matron said do that i'd have to do it and when she said go there i'd have to a gone where she told me me has always held me yet i and gone the way i please myself eh it's a terrible thout the workus emma rising now they're sure that's all eh if i havena forgot me neat caps rises moves centre and stops i suppose they'll let me wear an in yonder i don't really think as i get me rest proper without me neat caps oh they'll let thee wear an all right i go and get an sarah exit right returning presently with the white nightcaps that's all now giving them to emma who meets her centre emma putting them in you never had no childer did you mrs ormrod no emma no maybe that's as broad as is long sits above fire you never know how they go some on em turn again you when they growed or they get wet themselves and forget all as you've done for em like a many i could name and they're always a worrit to you when they're young 
i'm getting wed myself soon mrs ormrod are you now emma well thou'rt not one of them graceless good for nowts thou'll never forget thy mother ah no nor what she's done for thee who's thy keeping company with is joe hindle as goes wi me mrs ormrod hindle hindle what not son to robert hindle him as used to be overlooker in factory till he went to foreign parts to learn them russians how to weave ay that's him well i dunno aught about the lad his feyther were a fine man i minds him well but i'll tell thee this emma and i'll tell it to thee to thy face he's doing well for hisself is young joe hindle thank ye mrs ormrod get him wed think o that why it seems as to only t'other days thou was running about in short brocks now thou's growed up and getting thyself wed time to run on sithy emma thou's a good lass i've gotten an old teapot in yonder indicating her bedroom as my mother give me when i was wed i weren't for packing it in box because i risk a break in it i were going to carry it in me hand i'd a mind to keep it till i died but i reckon i'll have no use for it in workus thou's not gone there yet never mind that slowly rises i'm going to give it thee lass for a wedding gift thou'll take care of it i know and when thy eye catches it happen thou'll spare me a thout oh no mrs ormrod i couldn't think o tackin it art too proud to tack a gift from me no thou knows i'm not then hold thy hush i'll be back in a minute happen i'd best tidy myself up too against parson comes can i help thee mrs ormrod no lass no i can do a bit for myself me hands isn't that bad i canna weave wi em but i can do all as i need to well i'll do box up crosses to table right and gets cord ay all right exit sarah a man's face appears outside at the window he surveys the room and then the face vanishes as he knocks at the door who's there it's me sam horrocks emma crosses left and opens door may i come in what dost want sam on the doorstep i want a word with thee emma briley i followed thee up from factory and i've been waiting out there till i'm tired o waiting well thou'd better come in i haven't time to talk wi at door emma lets him in closes door and leaving him standing in the middle of the room resumes work on her knees at the box sam horrocks is a hulking young man of a rather vacant expression he's dressed in mechanic's blue dungarees his face is oily and his clothes stained he wears boots not clogs he mechanically takes a ball of oily black cotton waste from his right pocket when in conversational difficulties and wipes his hands upon it he has a red muffler round his neck without collar and his shock of fair hair is surmounted by a greasy black cap which covers perhaps one-tenth of it sam after watching emma's back for a moment where's mrs ormrod what's that to do with thee i were only asking thou needn't be short wi a chap she's in scullery washing her if thou wants to know oh emma looking at him over her shoulder after a slight pause don't thou tack the cap off in house sam horrocks no well i can tack it off in this house or get t'other side at door sam takes off his cap and stuffs it in his left pocket 
after trying his right and finding the ball of waste in it. Yes, Emma. Emma resumes work with her back towards him and waits for him to speak, but he's not ready yet. Well, what dost want? Note. Eh, but thou art a gradely wench. What's that to do with thee? Note. Then just thou mind thy own business and don't pass compliments behind folk's backs. I didn't mean no harm. Well, it's a fine day, isn't it? For the time of the year. Aye, a very fine day. Aye, it's a damn fine day. Aye, dost know my house, Emma? Aye, wert ever in it? Not since thy mother died. No, I suppose not. Not since my mother died. She were a fine woman, my mother, for all she were bedridden. She were better than a son, though that's not saying much neither. No, but thou does mind my house, Emma, as it were when she were alive. Aye, I've done a bit at it in them days. Got a new quilt on bed from Co-op. Redden it is, with blue stripes down her. Aye. Well, Emma. Emma over her shoulder. Well, what? What's thy house and thy quilt got to do with me? Oh, naught. That doesn't help a feller much neither. Emma rising and facing him. Sam is behind corner table and backs a little before her. What's thy getting at, Sam Horrocks? Thou's got a tongue in thy face, hasn't thou? I suppose so. I don't use it much, though. No, thou's not much better than a tongue-tied idiot, Sam Horrocks. Always mooning about in vengeance house in daytime and sulking at home neat time. Aye, I'm lonely since my mother died. She did have a way with her, my mother. That whole place has not been to same as me since she went. Daytime thou knows I'm all right. Thou sees, them engines, them and me's pals, they talks to me, and I understand their ways. I don't somehow seem to understand the ways of folks like as I does the ways of them engines. That doesn't try. T'other lads goes ratting or dog-feeting on a Sunday, or to a football match of a Saturday afternoon. Thou stays mooning about the house. Thou's not likely to understand folks. Thou's not sociable. No, that's right enough. I nobbut get laughed at when I tries to be sociable and stand my corner down at the pub with the rest of the lads. It's no use my trying to sup ale. I can't carry the drink like t'others. I knows I've ways of my own. That's that. I'm terrible lonesome, Emma. That there house of mine, it do want a wench about the place. Vengeance is all right for days, but the nights is that lonesome like that I wouldn't believe. That's only thysel to blame. It's not to do with me, choose how. No, I'd hoped as how it might have, Emma. Sam Horrocks, if thou don't tell me proper what thou means, I'll give thou such a slap in the mouth. Thou does fluster a feller, Emma, just like my mother. I wish I had been. I'd have knocked some sense into thy silly head. Sam suddenly and clumsily kneels above chair left of table. Wilt thou have me, Emma? I mak good money in the engine house. Get up, thy great fool. If thou didn't keep thyself so close with thy mooning about in the engine house and never speaking a word to nobody, thou'd know I were keeping company with Joe Indle. Sam scrambling up. Of course it's a fact. 
Bans'll be oop come Sunday fortnight. We've not hidden it neither. It's just like the great blind idiot that thou art not to have seen it long enough sin. I weren't aware. By gum, I'd so hoped as that have me, Emma. I'm sorry if I've hurt thee, Sam. Aye, it were my fault. Eh, well, I think maybe I'd best be going. Emma lifts box to left. Aye, Parson's coming to see Mrs. Ormrod in a minute. I know all about that, anyhow. Shame in a bad way. I don't know myself as Parson can do much for her. It's hard lines on an old un. Well, you'll not want me here. Eh? I'll be moving on. Getting his cap out. No offence, Emma, I hope. I'd have asked thee first if I'd known as he were after thee. I've been trying for long enough. No, there's no offence, Sam. Tha's a good lad if thou'rt a fool, and maybe thou's no to blame for that. Good-bye. Good-bye, Emma. And, and, I hope he'll make thee happy. I'd dearly like to come to the wedding and shake his hand. Mrs. Ormrod heard off right. I'll see thou's asked. There's Mrs. Ormrod stirring. Thou'd best be getting. All right. Good-bye, Emma. Good-bye, Sam. Exit Sam left centre. Mrs. Ormrod comes from the inside door. She has a small blue teapot in her hand. Was anybody here, Emma? I thought I heard someone talking. Only my hearing isn't what it used to be, and I weren't sure. It was Sam Horrocks, Mrs. Ormrod. Yon lad of old Sal Horrocks has died last year. Him as isn't reet in his yed. Aye, he's been asking me to wed him. In my house? There's imperance for thee, and thou promised to another lad and all. I'd have set about him wi' a stick, Emma. He didn't know about Joe. It made me feel cruel-like to have to tell him. He'll get o'er it. Some lass'll tack him. I suppose so. Sarah, coming down, putting the teapot in Emma's hands. Well, there's teapot. Emma meets Sarah right centre, examining teapot. It's beautiful. Beautiful it is, Mrs. Ormrod. Aye, it's a bit o' real china, is that? They'll tack car on lass, won't they? I will and all. Aye, I know it's safe with thee, maybe safer than it would be in workus. I can't think well on yon place. I go cold all o'er at thout of it. That'll be parson. Sarah crosses left, smoothing her hair. Go and look through window first and see who tis. Emma puts teapot on table, looking through window. It's not though, parson. It's one of them young curate chaps. Well, come away from window and sit thee down. It won't do to seem too eager. Let her knock again if it's not though, parson. Emma leaves the window and goes to right of table. Come in, so who thou art. Doors on latch. Enter the Reverend Frank Alleyne. He is a young curate, a Londoner and an Oxford man, by association, training and taste, totally unfitted for a Lancashire curacy, in which he is unfortunately no exception. Good afternoon, Mrs. Ormrod. Good day to thee. I'm sorry to say Mr. Blundell has had to go to a missionary meeting, but he asked me to come and see you in his stead. That's welcome, lad. Sit thee down. Emma comes below table left. Dusts a chair left of table which doesn't need it with her apron. Elaine raises a deprecatory hand. Sarah's familiarity, as it seems to him, offends him. He looks sourly at Emma and markedly ignores her. 
thank you no i won't sit i cannot stay long just as thou likes it's all same to me emma stays by right of table how is it with you mrs ormrod it might be worse i've lost the use of me hands and they're tacking me to work us but i'm not dead yet and that's summat to be thankful for oh yes yes mrs ormrod the the a message i'm to deliver is i fear not quite what mr blunder led you to hope for his efforts on your behalf have er um, unfortunately failed he finds himself obliged to give up all hope of aiding you to a livelihood in fact uh, i understand that the arrangements made for your removal to the workhouse this afternoon must be carried out it seems there's no alternative i'm grieved to be the bearer of bad tidings but i'm sure you will find a comfortable home awaiting you mrs uh, ormrod happen i shall and happen i shan't there's no telling how you'll favour a thing till you've tried it you must resign yourself to the will of providence the consolations of religion are always with us shall i pray with you i never were much at praying when i were well off and i doubt the lord ud tak it kind o selfish o me if i come crying to him now i'm hurt he will understand can i do nothing for you i dunno as tha can thanking thee all same i'm privileged with mr blundell's permission to bring a little gift to you mrs ormrod feeling in his coat-tails and bringing out a testament allow me to present you with this testament and may it help you to bear your cross with resignation he hands her the testament sarah does not raise her hands and it drops on her lap alleyne takes it again and puts it on the table ah yes of course your poor hands i understand thank ye kindly reading don't come easy to me and my eyes aren't what they were but i make most of it you will never read that in vain and now dear sister i must go i will pray for strength for you all will be well good day good day to thee exit elaine that doesn't look so pleased with thy gift mrs ormrod it's not square thing o thou parson emma he should have come and told me hisself looks like he were feared to do it i never could abide them curate lads we don't want no grand lunnon gentleman down here he don't understand us no more than we understand him he means all right poor lads siddy emma i've been a church-going woman all me days i was brought up to church and many's the bit of brass they've had out o me in my time and in the end they send me a fine curate wi a tuppenny testament that's all the good you get out o their folks we in chapel to our house and he didn't forget to let me see he knowed it but i don't say as it's any different wi chapels neither they get what they can out o you but you mustn't look for nothing back when the pinch comes clock outside strikes three sakes alive there's clock going three my dinner'll be nice and cold eh what's that lass dost mean to tell me tha's been clemming all this time i come here straight from factory then tha doesn't move till there's had summat to eat my dinner's ready for me at war mrs ormrod then just look sharp and get it tha silly lass tha's no reet to go without tha baggin emma putting a shawl on all reet i'm off picking up teapot tha's been a world o comfort to me emma it'll be harder to bear when tha's gone 
the thout's too much for me eh lass i'm fear to yon great gaunt building with the drear windows happen my mother'll come in that'll do wi a bit o company i'll ask her to come and fetch thee a cup o tea by and by who's there it's only me mrs ormrod i do declare it's that sam horrocks again sam horrocks what can the lad be after now has thou wiped thy boots on scraper yes mrs ormrod come in then emma in left corner enter sam tak thee cap off yes mrs ormrod what dost want i've some business here i thought i'd find thee by the cell i'll come again bolting nervously for the door let that door be dost say thou's got business here ay with thee i'd like a word with thee private emma moves to open door all right emma's just going to a dinner i'll ask me mother to step in later on mrs ormrod and thank thee very much for the teapot i'll be thankful if she'll come exit emma with teapot now sam horrocks what's the matter with thee sam dropping the cotton waste he is fumbling with and picking it up it's a fine day for the time of the year didst want to see me private to tell me that lad no not exactly well what is it then come lad i'm waiting on thee art tongue-tied can thou quit mauling your bit o' waste and tell me what tis thou wants maybe it'll not be so fine in the morning i'll tell thee what i'd do to thee if i had the use of my hands me lad i'd come aside thee and i'd box thy ears if thou's got business wi me thou'd best state it sharp or i'll be showing thee the shape o my door thou do fluster a feller so as i don't know where i am i've not been nagged like that theer sin my old mother died i've heerd folk say sal horrocks were a slick and wi' a tongue she were that rare talk as she were she'd lie theer in her bed all day as it might be in yon corner and call me all the names she could put her tongue to till i couldn't tell my right hand from my left wonderful spirit she had considering she were bedridden so long she were only a little un and cripple and all but by gum she could sling it at a feller if her tea weren't brewed to a taste talk she'd talk a donkey's yed off she would and i'll talk thy silly yed off and all if thou don't get sharp to tellin me what thou wants after in my house thy great mazed idiot eh but she were a rare un the lad's daft about his mother wonderful breet the sky is to-day thy great ulkin fool i'd tak a broomstick to thee if i'd the use of my hands now if that isn't just what my mother used to say dang thy mother and i don't mean no disrespect to her neither she's been in a grave this year and more poor woman i canna help thinking to her all same eh but she were wonderful and i'd be wonderful too i'd talk to thee i'd call thee if i were thy mother and had to live aside of thee neat and day eh by gum but i wish thou would would what would come and live along wi me thy great fool what dost mean art asking me to wed thee i didn't mean to offend thee mrs ormrod i'm sorry i spoke i allers do wrong thing but i did so hope as thou might come thou sees i got used to mother i got used to hearing her cuss me i got used to doing for her 
and i've naught to do in the evenings now it's terrible lonesome in the neat time and when notion come to me i thought as i'd mention unto thee casual dost mean it samorax dost tha know what tha's sayin or is tha foolin me of course i mean it tha sees i'm not a marryin sort the lasses won't look at me i'm silly sam to them i knows it i've a slate loose i shan't never get wed i thought i'd maybe a chance wi yon lass as were here with thee but who told me i were too late i allus were slow i left askin too long and i've missed her i gets good money mrs ormrod but i canna talk to a young wench they makes me go hot and cowled all over and when curate told me as thou was going to go to work us i thought i'd a chance wi thee i knowed it were a big chance because my place ain't much cop after what thou's been used to here i've got no fine fixings nor big chairs and things as thou used to have eh but i would a loved to do for thee as i used to do for my mother and when i heerd thee talkin now and callin me a fool and the rest by gum i just yearn to have thee for all is thou'd fill a place wonderful well i'd just a love to adopt thee to adopt me ay for a mother i'm sorry thou can't see thy way to let me i didn't mean no offence turning to the door here lad thou tell me this if i had said thou might tak me for thy mother what wouldst thou done why kiss thee and takken thee up in my arms warm to thy bed it's standing ready in yonder wi clean sheets and all and a new quilt from corp i hope she'll pardon the liberty o mentioning it a new quilt sam what's colour red wi blue stripes down her i'm not a light weight thou knows i'd carry thee easy strong in the arm and weak in the head it's an old saying but it's a good un and it fits wilt thou try sam horrocks god bless thee wilt thou try lad dost mean it mrs ormrod dost mean thou'll come thou's not coddin a feller art thou no i'm not coddin kiss me sam my son he kisses her and lifts her in his arms by gum but that were good i'll come back for thy box carry me careful thy great lunny i'm not a sack of flour eh but i likes to hear thee talk yon was real motherly it were exit through door carrying her curtain at clink of latch end of lonesome light